If you didn't know before, now you know why they call this the Fun Belt. Very excited about the Sun Belt. You know, while other conferences have been breaking up, our conference has become stronger. The state of Sun Belt football is the strongest in our history. I saw Fun Belt Conference, and I'm like, I don't know what this is. I got to join the show. It's it's a lot of fun. App State head coach Sean Clark joins us on Fun Belt Podcast. Coach, it was the... The best of times, it was the worst of times. Does Jeremy need to give you a hug about 2022? <laughs> yeah, I tell you, it's uh, it, was, it was a hell of a year, and uh, but you, you know you can't turn back the clock on time. And uh, we were a six and six team last year. Uh, we had the highest of highs and lowest of lows. You start in uh, September, and we were the the uh, darlings of college football for four weeks. Yeah. And you played North Carolina double overtime, score 40 points in the fourth quarter, go to A and M, beat the number six ranked team in the country. Bring college game day to, to Boone, North Carolina for the first time ever. And we've done a lot of firsts at App State. And then went on a Hail Mary uh, pass. And, and, again, I'm very proud of that because this, the college game day has only been to the Sun Belt twice, and we're one of those. And then, you know, you run into a tough uh, JMU team. And from there, you know, we, we lose five games by less than a touchdown. And the margin of error is so short, so small in the, in the Sun Belt now. It's not like it was in 2016 when it was App State and, and Louisiana playing eight times in four years. I mean, from top to bottom, it's the toughest it's ever been. Uh, the regional rivals have been, regional rivals have been great. Uh, we've sell, sold out the season tickets for the second year in a row. We'll set another attendance record this year at the Rocks. So a lot of good things are happening, and we've kind of fast-forwarded to 2023. So, Coach, with that said, though, you mentioned uh, game day coming to campus. How big is that not only for App State but for the league? I mean, that surely kind of gives you a chance to add fuel to the fire of propelling us into the top G5. Well, bringing college game day to, to Boone Carolina was phenomenal. It was phenomenal for our university. It was big for the, the conference, put on a national stage. Um, excuse me. Uh, we, we did an e- economic impact study on bringing college game day to uh, Boone and our university. It was over a $550 million uh, free advertisement for our university. Uh, and, uh, applications went up 25%. Enrollments up. So you can't tell me football don't matter. And um, and you can't argue with me about, it, about that at all because I see what it does. So, you know, we've had two of the biggest wins in college football history. You know, you go back to Michigan. You know, back in the day, it was 25% increase in applications. Now we're doing the same thing with the one over A&M. So um, it just goes to show you football matters, and it matters in the Sun Belt. You know, it helps that you put on a hell of an entertaining game for that, that you know, win on a Hail Mary type thing. An instant classic that people always remember. You know, uh, you know, if you look at the, the preseason standings, you know, everybody has a vote. Uh, personally, I voted. Uh, I, did, I had my own rankings. I have Appalachian State on top again, simply because I feel like Sean Clark's going to want some revenge <laughs> just on last season. Does it feel like that with the rise of JMU, with the, uh, with the continued excellence of Coastal Carolina and some of these others, that the, the, the pressure to rate, regain that number one status is a, is a little harder now? I don't think it's pressure to regain it. And and I don't see anyone the Sunbelt running run through the Sunbelt like we have in the past. I mean, just year in and year out, it's going to be somebody different. And and that's what people, people need to understand. I mean, if you're Appalachian State or at Georgia Southern or Marshall, it's a, it's a tough conference. And, um, again, we want to be number one, and those are our goals and expectations. And, 
and we plan on being back there. You know, and you mentioned the preseason votes. We were picked second in the league, but I'm not sure how we were picked second because we only had three people in all conference, all preseason <laughs> conference. So you know, we must not be worth a shit. So uh, we have one first team all conference uh, lineman, a, a second or third team, and a, a first team uh, return specialist. So um, I call it the no name. Defense this year, don't want our defense of honor, but you know that's a good thing. So sometimes you have to go back and and reset yourself, and that's been our. We're, it's not a rebuild, it's not a reload, it's a reset. We have everything we have to be to be, be successful there, and, and and that's what we have to get to get back and and uh, clean some plates up and go from there. You know, you have to replace a, a big part of your offense there, and Chase Price, who's uh, kind of in the quarterback room that's really stepped up in the spring and heading into the fall. We've been very fortunate. Uh, you know, Ryan Berger's been there for a year and a half now, and then we went and signed Joey Aguilar and Mason McHugh. Um, and they all three do have to bring something different to the table. Uh, I think Ryan probably had the edge right this second just because he's been there longer. But you watch Joey progress through, through spring practice and through the summertime. He can really run the football. He has a strong arm. It's going to be a competition. And that's why we brought the quarterbacks in and spoke with him and said, whoever can lead the offense, don't turn the football over and score points and go win the starting job. So, You know, you, you got to hold on Mason. He has the hair, and so he's a candidate to transfer to Coastal Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> he's got a great hair game. You know, at least he thinks yeah. he does. You know, no, he does. Yeah. I see him on Twitter all the time. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, he likes to run his fingers through it and have his head and shoulders commercial. <laughs> So, so coach, coach, was it great last year? Also, with all the notoriety, I'm sure you got you got Luke Combs on your phone now. Yeah, I do, and uh, but, you know, but I had it beforehand. But with, with that win at A and M, he texted, he called. That was pretty cool, you know. And but the, the beauty of it, if you do, if you've done it long enough, and you guys have been around long enough, when you're doing when you're when you win, you got a lot of friends, and when you lose, nobody wants to talk to you. And when you're in a small town in Boone, and you know the best thing about the uh, been an alum that's been the head coach of State, uh, the best thing about being an alum is you know everybody, and the worst thing about being an alum is you know everybody. So when it's good, it's good, and when it's bad, it's bad. There's no in between in App State. There's nothing worse than when somebody has your phone number. Yeah, it's um, you know when when I was an assistant coach, hell, I bitch about the head coach all the time. Like, I wouldn't have called that play. What are you talking about? If I was the head coach. And now that you're the head coach, you know, people think they have free reign, which, you know, to me it shows they're passionate. And, um, and I'm very candid with my friends, and, and they know if they say their own thing that doesn't sit straight with me, I'll call them out on it. So um, it goes both ways. Coach, that reminds me so much of uh, Johnny Jones. He was a longtime basketball coach at, at North Texas, left for the LSU uh, job where he was the coach. I said, Coach, how are you liking the SEC? Because, man, these fans are just damn crazy. I wake up every morning, there's one in my bathroom looking at me, telling me how bad I am. He sleeps with my wife. He's, it's terrible, man. So it doesn't get any easier. No, it doesn't. But yeah, that's that's what we signed up for. And if you don't have fixed skin in this profession, uh, then you're going to last very long. This is going year 24, so I think my skin is made for it. So, Coach, uh, going back to last season, you can step back and assess. Where did you see uh, the problems, and what did you guys do to correct it? Well, you know, it's you really don't have much time nowadays in college football to really sit back and reflect on things. You think you go right from the season, there's a four-week dead period, and you're having exit interviews to see who's leaving, who's going to the transfer portal, who you want to come back, who do you want to leave. So, you know, I really get a chance to really sit back and reflect till, till early, late February probably. And um, I thought we needed some changes. And, and, and being a leader 
you have to make tough changes that affects people's lives that you care about. And that's, that's not easy to do. And uh, so I made a decision to, to make some moves on, on both sides of the football and um, do what I think was best for our program. And I always do that. And I want App State to be really good long after I'm gone. So uh, we've had a chance to bring Coach Ponce back from, from University of Miami, uh, right, uh, Scott Sloan from uh, Army West Point, and Brian Matt Greenhall is a director of uh, sports performance. So I think we have the right things in place right now. Uh, you know, we have a great alignment with our athletic director, our chancellor, everyone involved in it. So um, our goal is to get back on top, and it's going to be the, this year's of the year to do it. Coach, where do we fit in? How, how do I get to go to Boone and be a part of this uh, revival of that? Man, all you have to do is call me, and we'll, we'll get you uh, get you up in the suite. You can relax a little bit and, and be a college fan. That, that's what I'm excited about 15 years down the road. I'm going to be that guy in the stands that tweets and hey man, I wouldn't. Hey, you're the worst coach in America. Why would you call that for? You know, so no, but you guys got to come visit sometime. It's a great place to watch a college football game. I, I think, think he's suddenly calling us out, Jeremy. No, I think he should. He's, he's well within his rights. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> we're always right because we're in the stands. That's right. We know all the answers. <laughs> coach, always great talking with you. Appreciate it. Best of luck to the Mountaineers this year, and uh, hopefully we'll see you uh, somewhere down the road. I appreciate you having me on. Come visit us in Boone and uh, have a great year. Isaiah Helms, Nick Ross of App State join us on the Fun Belt Podcast. Guys, it was a great year last year on paper, but what the hell happened? Yeah, we uh, it was a 6-6 six and six, uh, record. We, that's not our tradition. That's not our culture. Uh, we're looking to reset this year and uh, making it back to the top of the, top of the Sun Belt. Isaiah, you come in, everybody wants to feature their offensive line, but geez, what, what's in the water in Boone there that, that, that's got y'all just bigger than big? Uh, I don't know. Coach Greenhall put something in my protein shake. That's all I know. <laughs> that sounds a little incriminating. Uh, might be something bovine related. Yeah. Nick, all the focus last year was really on the offensive defense that is part of and kept them in games. What can we expect to see out of this Mountaineers team this year? Are they going to be an offensive or a defensive team, or do you think it's kind of a balance? Yeah, I feel like it's going to be more so a one-two punch. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing us feed off of each other. And, you know, when the offense has a three and out, we'll be there to go ahead and handle the business and get a three and out, you know. Or when we have a turnover, um, I expect the offense to go down there and punch it in the end zone. Uh, So, Isaiah, you've had some great running backs in the past, present now. Uh, Cam Peebles before, and they got uh, Noel uh, this year coming back. Is it? Do you, would you rather do pass protection, or would you rather let those guys run? I'd let. I'd want to let the shorties run, man. <laughs> I think I let never let the running backs play, man. I've never met an offensive lineman say, "Man, I love pass protection." No, I love being there five seconds no. defending all those guys. No. You know. Uh, Appalachian State's just kind of known for its offensive line. How, how, did, how do you guys maintain that excellence year after year? It's um, through tradition. Uh, with uh, Coach Clark and now Coach Cummins, it's always been, no matter who's really the O-line coach, it's just the tradition. We call ourselves the Bulls. I mean, we, we hold that together. And um, it's tradition. It's family. It's, uh, it's the Bulls, man. Tradition. Everybody's been talking, obviously, about offensive line being key to success or failure this year across the board for every team. 
the other thing we've heard is how fast can you run. So, so do, have you all had any kind of speeds to know what your miles per hour that you're able to run? Oh, yeah. Um, every day uh, when we do sprints or if we're doing PLPs, OTAs, we'll have something called a catapult or a GPS, and that tracks the speed we can run. Um, not to brag, but me personally, 22 miles an hour. Ooh. I can't even get my Subaru up to 22 miles per hour. <laughs> Isaiah, how fast are you? Man, I think I got him beat. I ran like 35 miles. <laughs> 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 Man. Fastest O lineman ever oh. recorded. Oh. He, was he was on a scooter, scooter when they were clocking that. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It was that scene from The Office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, how important or how, how is, is that going to be the new measuring stick? Is, is how fast can you run? And I don't mean like, oh, I'll run a 4 3 40, but oh, I, I run 23 miles an hour. Um, I really don't believe speed. Speed is part of the game, but you can't really measure a football player by speed itself, you know. Um, it comes, a lot comes with playing football. Um, somebody always told me it's 80% mental, 20% physical. So, I agree with that. Not, not to be confused with Yogi Berra, who said 50% of the game is 100% mental. That's what he said. There it is. So, uh, I see like a, I see a quote here on uh, uh, Twitter from you, Nick, about the mentality that goes into the weight room. Can you tell us what the mentality of the weight room is at Appalachian State? Oh, yeah. Um, Coach Greenhaw, he has made the mentality uh, blue-collar, straight, go in there, work. Um, and he, he made it to where we're embracing the grind. The whole team embraces the grind now. We know it's not going to be easy, but anything that comes easy in life is really not good for you anyways. Uh, Isaiah, how much you benching? Oh, gosh. <laughs> a lot. Coach Greenhall has been uh, 140, 150. Yeah, 135. I think. <laughs> I, I think I got two reps the other day. Wow, sure. two yeah. on that. That's great. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Is there a competition in the weight room amongst position groups, for instance? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so we have something that we do every Wednesday. It's called Team Comp. Uh, so basically, we drive teams, we get out there, we run mat drills, four quarters. And afterwards, we might do tug of war or tire <laughs> yeah. pull or relay races. You know, it varies throughout week, but it's definitely um, competition throughout the weight room. Yeah, we're breeding competition. That's what we've been missing. So uh, let me tell you, is there something called the, is, it, is it true that there's something called the boon advantage with the elevation being a little bit higher than most places? I've heard about it, a little something, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think it Don't keep that quiet? Right. No? All right. I mean, I feel like it's more of our fan base than anything. <laughs> that's 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 really what it is. It's not the elevation. It's them guys showing up Saturday and giving their offer at State and cheering us on. So that was pretty wild when game day showed up, right? Oh, that was. Yeah. yeah. So uh, how was the atmosphere that day? It was, uh, it was surreal, but um, I commend our team for – Staying level-headed throughout the game, they um, and our fan base was obviously in a uh, in a good spirit. Uh, but uh, no, that the ending of the game was tremendous. Yeah. The, uh, throw from Chase Bryce uh, to Christian Horn. Um, yeah, uh, I mean it was a, it was a surreal day, but I'm glad we came out with the win. How quick did you make it to the end zone? Uh, a couple of seconds, I believe. <laughs> he hit that 35 mile per hour speed. Yeah, 35 mile per hour speed. He was there. <laughs> he caught it. I was down there. 
Nick, what about you? Were, were you just in, in shock on the sidelines, or, or did you make it down there for the celebration? Uh, I was. I'm not gonna lie. It's a funny story. So <laughs> um, it was about a couple seconds left in the game. I'm, I'm like, oh wow, oh boy. But you know, I, I never stop giving up. I never stop having faith in my team. But I couldn't watch it myself. So I was watching the game on the jumbotron. And as soon as I seen Christian Horn catch the touchdown, running to the end zone, I didn't even run. I was I was kind of in disbelief. I was in disbelief, and first thing I did was thank God. See, I I like a better story of like, yeah, I was actually ejected the first half. I was watching on the TV in the locker room, and I went running out. I got suspended the rest of the season. That would have been a lot better of a story. Guys, it's always great to talk about Boone. In the East, who do, who are you kind of having a, a target on or a circle on the calendar for the upcoming uh, season in the East? I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I think we're going to take it week to week this year. It's not um, looking forward or looking behind or anything like that. Just trying to stay in the present. Um, we got a job to do week by week. Um, Nick, what do you think? I think that you hit that right on the head, man. But you still don't like Georgia Southern, right? Oh, well. <laughs> I'm not trying to cause any trouble. There's all these Georgia Southern man. Yeah, absolutely. Do you see what Kane Womack has done from South Alabama, the governor? That he has everybody constantly politicking and wanting to give that perfect answer to every question. That's right. And no one will give you a good sound bit or anything else. Uh, it's a shame. We're just trying to get some locker room material. We're here. just trying to. Yeah. We're, 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 we're trying to fill up the the whiteboard there. Guys, can't thank you enough for your time. Looking forward to seeing the Mountaineers this upcoming season. Best of luck to you. Thank you. Thank you. The head of the Monarchs, head coach Ricky Ronnie, joins us on Fun Belt Podcast. Coach, you made it through the ringer the first year in the Sun Belt. How did you see 2022 going? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously it's, it's a great conference. And, and you, you knew it would be. I mean, I thought, uh, obviously, we played a lot of close games. Uh, and we didn't come out on the, on the front side of those all the time. You know, I thought we played pretty well. Um, for most of them, we didn't play our best football uh, against JMU, uh, which is obviously disappointing. We didn't play our best ball in the first half against App State. I thought we played well in the second half against App State and, and into you know South Al, and, and we played some other teams close. Um, but we got to find a way to come out on the, on the right side of those, and, and that's you know the little details here and there. And like I said up there, you don't really know when that when that play is going to happen. So, uh, we've got to make sure that we're it's like a business and route. sports thing. Real cool. They get into like the, the money. This year was shaping up really good for Old Dominion with a lot of guys coming back. But of course, the portal hits you pretty hard. Most notably at the quarterback position. Where where do we stand on that as we get ready to break fall camp? Yeah, I think that. Uh, you know, we're still in a quarterback competition. We have two guys that are really battling it out, Jack Shields and Grant Wilson. Um, feel good about, you know, how those guys have approached the, the competition. Um, they've really had good summers, and, uh, not only from a mental standpoint, but physically. So let it play out here for the first two or three weeks of camp and go from there. Yeah, well, last year, you, you know, it didn't shape up maybe exactly the way you wanted, but you did the state of Virginia proud. You know, he actually did the Sun Belt proud by teeing up that very first big win on national TV. Everybody looked great. The stadium was full. You got the big win. You, you, you almost had the win against Virginia. Man, I was pulling out for you guys. I was like, oh, you've got to close this out, but it didn't quite happen. 
Uh, you, you did the upset over Coastal Carolina. It looked like things were going to go really well for ODU, and then things kind of slowed down a little bit. What can you do this year different, or what can you do this year to shore up some of the shortcomings that happened last year? Well, I think it's the depth. You know, um, we have more depth this year. I feel like that's been uh, a common theme on the East this year. Yeah, we've been talking about depth. I think from our, if you look at it from our first, uh, you know, the guys on our first team, quote unquote, to our third team, I think. There's a lot less difference now, and I think that, that that's an important thing because um, we got to be able to play more people. It helps our special teams. It helps our depth down the stretch and, and, and all those sort of things. So I think that that's going to be really critical for us, and I think that that's, that's probably the main piece. It also allows us to overcome injuries a little bit better than maybe we did last year um, where some injuries kind of um, hurt us and not only hurt our actual production but hurt our confidence and, and hurt some of the guys like – you know, maybe belief. I don't think that that's necessarily going to be the case this year. So, this year you had the NFL draft. Zach Koontz gets uh, picked up. Were you there for all that? Uh, I was. Uh, I wasn't there. He was in Pennsylvania for his. Okay. Um, you know, we were able to have three guys get picked, which is yeah, that was outstanding. Yeah, it's more than twenty-nine Power Five schools. So, uh, we did a pretty good job there. Um, you know, we knew two of them. Uh, even before our pro day, we knew Zach and, and uh, um, Nick were probably going to get picked. But Trey had an unbelievable pro day, and obviously he's very, very talented. So for him to be able to go in the sixth round was awesome. Um, and we've already had some guys, you know, our long snapper from last year. Uh, he's in camp right now with the Packers. Um, you know, we have we have some other guys that are we're doing some things. We actually had one of our offensive linemen actually started games in the XFL. So he played in the fall and then started games in the spring, which I'm sure his body feels great right now. Um, so, but yeah, so that that happened as well. So I, I, we've we've had some guys. So uh, I mean, and obviously we had two the year before. So you know, we've got think, eleven guys active on rosters right now. So the NFL has been doing pretty good. Show. Obviously, the football coach, but I know you're a baseball guy by heart. I saw the pictures on social media, had a chance to go out west to go to Oakland. What was that experience like out there? The people are great in Oakland. The people are unbelievable. Um, you feel bad for them, you know, because you know they're going to lose their team. That stadium is terrible. I mean, it's, it's, it's falling apart. I mean, they're literally like tape, like covering cracks in the ground and things like that. I mean, it's really, really, really bad. Um, but the people are just unbelievable. I mean, it's one of, of, of all the stadiums. They might have been the nicest people we came across, um, which was which was awesome. So, yeah, you feel bad for them. Uh, I think we were at. I think we looked back and we were at. Uh, it was like the third or fourth highest attended game uh, of the season. Um, it was run the bases day, and I, I swear there were more people who ran the bases than were in the stadium. I don't even know where they all came from. Uh, but it, it was, I mean, it was it was nice, and we had you know, and not to, you know, as expected, we we had front row tickets, and they weren't exactly hard to come by. But um, it was it was it was great, and uh, uh, the people were just so great. They made it a good good experience. But now you get an excuse to go to Vegas and check yeah. out another stadium. So I've told my sons that we were going to wait 
So I was going to wait till they were 21. Uh, so, so we'll go finish that one when they're 21. They've been to Vegas before. We actually went to Vegas last year when we did the Southern Tour because uh, we wanted to go to the Grand Canyon. Um, so we did go to Vegas last year. We let them pick the hotel. So they picked the Excalibur, which is, you know, the exact thing that you don't want to stay at. Uh, they, all, they do know now that that was a poor choice. Um, so that I think I think next time it's going to cost me a little bit more money on, on where we stay when we go to Vegas the next time. And certainly going to cost them more money because they'll be 21 being able to uh, uh, partake in some of the other things. It's a lesson um, you got to learn, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I had my 21st birthday in Vegas, so... Um, you know, I, we won't go that that deep, but uh, we'll, it'll be fun to be able to do that with them. Went, went for Excalibur. I would have expected Circus Circus or, you know, something like that. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, what was, it? What was their finalists? The finalists were Excalibur. Um, New York, New York made the final. I don't know why. And really wish they would have picked out. It's a cool outside, yeah. Yeah, it is. And then uh, uh, I, I want to say it was... Uh, uh, the one I can't even remember, Treasure Island was the other one, or whatever it is now, you know, the world. So that was the other one I think that made the cup. They were pretty bad choices, you know. But uh, the kids, yeah, it was, it was nice because we were actually like, we, we had like a suite, you know, the whole nine yards at that one. But, but every other time we travel, we travel, we, we make them stay in the same hotel room we stay in. So, you know, keep them, keep them humble a little bit. But that one, we kind of quote unquote splurged. I think it was still less than some of the holiday interest days we'd stay there. So, Jeremy, what I hear is that Coach is a high roller. That's on yeah. the Excalibur. Uh, that's right. We got to look for yeah. the petty cash. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know about that. No, I think that's maybe some of those leftovers from when I was 21, 23, 24 when I would go there. Now, do you, do you consider yourself a gambler as a coach? I mean, do you, do you, do you gamble on the offense? Do you gamble on defense? Uh, I consider myself to be probably a modern gambler and then I, I look at the analytics of it just like those guys do. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So uh, they're, they're, I'm not going to follow those. Uh, I'm not one of those guys who has the book and I flip to it and it says automatically punt here, automatically. Uh, I don't do that. I, I still, there's still some logic left in there, so um, which I think is important. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I'm willing to go forward on fourth down and I'm willing to do some of those sort of things. I, I think we all are. I think we've all seen, because we've all done the analytics, that that's a good decision. So what I hear a common theme of, he is the gambler. He goes to Vegas. He went to Oakland, met with Billy Bean. He knows all about the money ball. It's, it's coming to the East Coast now. It's a mixture of the gut and the analytics. you got to blend the two together. So I'd be a really good analytic person. <laughs> Coach, thank you as always. Looking yeah. forward to seeing how the Monarchs shake out in the 2023 season. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you. The royalty is here with us on Fun Belt Podcast as the Monarchs. Javon Harvey, Jason Henderson join us. And Jason Henderson is the king of tackling, so that goes with your theme. He is the king of tackling. So take us back to that last season there, Jason. I mean, did you kind of have a running tally in your head that you knew, hey, I've, I've, uh, I've been hitting a lot of guys. This, this is kind of uh, going to be a big deal. Or, or was it just – making play after play and it happened to, to tally up that's basically how it was i mean um i've always loved making tackles and stuff like that since i was in high school and i just so happened to be this season you know i just kind of started tallying a lot of tackles and games and stuff like that 
and it's not something you know I'd really look for each game. Like it just kind of, I just took it game by game. You know, whatever happened happened, and um, you know, obviously I heard about the numbers, but it was just something I tried to keep out of my mind because I didn't want to focus on the wrong things. Did you try to parlay it into like an NIL deal where like you had you know some company's logo for every tackle you get a sticker on my helmet or a jersey? No, I really wasn't into NIL or anything like that last season before we got into that stuff. Javon, Allie Jennings gone. Uh, you were the second uh, leading receiver for the team this year. I imagine that puts a lot of weight on your shoulders for this year. How are you coming into the season? How are you preparing for it? Uh, I'm doing everything that I did. It's, no, it's nothing different being one, two, to three. You prepare, you prepare yourself the same. You treat each season like it's the same. I mean, you get into all season. Of course, you work on those cons, but overall, it's just the same. Just grinding, stand, being a leader, staying course. Did you feel like you had to take another step up in leadership? Uh, of course, uh, yeah. A lot of the offense left in the portal this past year. What does that do as far as trying to build that chemistry again with a new quarterback, you know, a new, a little bit of a new offensive line, running back, and so forth? Uh, if you think about it, it's, it's, it's the same because if you look at it, you have a, you have a brand new uh, coordinator coming in. And so overall, we all learned something to do new, whether players stayed or new players came in, players left, like the whole offense learned something new, so I think, like, Picked at the bottom of the Sunbelt Conference East, is that a, a fair representation of the team, or do you feel that that kind of puts a little chip on your shoulder to uh, play up for the year? No, a list is a list at the end of the day. Um, that's not something our team really takes into consideration at all. I mean, you rank us first in the East, you rank us last in the East. You know, it's not going to stop what we're doing. We're going to still prepare the same. And, um, you know, we've had a really good offseason, so I think everyone's just kind of ready to – well, everyone already has let go of last season. I think everyone's just excited to see what this season brings for us. Able to do what a lot of teams didn't get to get uh, done last year, able to go to Coastal and get the win. What was that like, and, and, and what does that do for the program to kind of show that, hey, y'all can hang with even the top of the division? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it, I don't know what was in the air down there, but um, you know that that was just a great day for our team. I mean, we, we came out of that game, started fast. Everyone was very high energy and stuff like that. And I think it was just something where you know you have those games where you know everything that seemed like could have gone wrong went wrong. That game was quite the opposite, where it seemed like everything that could have gone right for you kind of went right for you. And you know it was a great feeling at the end of the day, but. Um, it's somewhere kind of going one and zero happens with that. You know, you have your really good wins, you have your really bad losses. You just got to move on to the next game and keep playing football. ODU Spring, who won out, defense or offense? Come on, it was a tie apparently because neither one of them wanted to say anything. <laughs> let's let's no, we need some trash talk. We got each other here. better. <laughs> yeah, we got each other better. <laughs> so, Jason, we were talking before we started there. You were familiar with uh, ODU more so from from wrestling over there in that area. How did that kind of give you the advantage to to be the standout player that you were? You know, um, I was really familiar with ODU because I wrestled down in Virginia Beach. But um, wrestling, I, wrestling was the first, well, second sport I ever did. But um, you know, my family's huge into wrestling, and some of my dad, like my dad's, always known that I was more into football than wrestling. But, you know, he kind of, he would kind of tell me that wrestling is going to make you a better football player, which, I mean, I couldn't 
I couldn't agree more with him. You know, the things that you learn on a wrestling mat, which could help you for just life skills in general. And then, you know, the stuff that teaches you on the mat or on the football field. With like, obviously, like there's some wrestling moves that are just like tackling somebody. There's um a lot of the balance and stuff like that, and just like the mental process of going through a wrestling match is kind of similar to a football game, and it helped me in that aspect as well. Javon, what other skills do you have outside of uh, pass catching? Man? Cooking. Cooking? Oh, well, Cooking. yeah. What, oh, yeah, you do you? tell. <laughs> what, what, what's the signature dish? Signature dish? So many. So many, <laughs> but my favorite, my favorite is Philly Cheese Day Heroes. Dang, that sounds great. That's, that's. <laughs> and also, I can also, I'm on the court. You know what I mean? Best hooper on the team. Oh, all right. Now we're finally getting that trash talk. There's the trash talking over. That's a fact. That's a fact. So, so what I heard Jason say is stick to the kitchen, and he's gonna he's gonna go hoop. <laughs> oh, that side eye, I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> it's over now. So, uh, with you being here in New Orleans, which is you know like a culinary uh, uh, Shangri-La, have you been kind of going out to dinner and saying, hey, "I could do this, I could do that"? Yeah. No. Yeah. Last yeah. Night, uh, I had some salmon. I mean, it was good, but you know me, like homemade for me, from my kitchen, always better. <laughs> so post football, is there a food truck or so. restaurant in, in in the works? Yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. Are you gonna have a dish named after Jason? Yeah. <laughs> no, not, yeah. What what is it, and does it involve? He's gonna be my sponsor. Actually. <laughs> oh, he's a sponsor. Yeah, he's gonna be my sponsor. Okay. But but what's the signature dish that you have there that, that's named after Jason? It has to be something that really tackles the appetite. Yeah. Well, but 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 seeing the way they interact, I picture something that just has tons of cheese on it. Because that's going to be his parting shot to him. Could be yes, something with cheese. I'm a pretty big fan of cheese, so I wouldn't be mad about it. <laughs> Well, it sounds like you guys need to work on that dish. So maybe next next year we'll have, maybe later in the season you come on the show. We'll ask you what that dish is. <laughs> guys, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it, and uh, looking forward to seeing the Monarchs this season. Hi, this is Jeremy Harper with Hal Razor on Fun Belt Podcast. Back interviewing people from the. Uh, from the Big Sun Belt East. It's Sun Belt East Day. We're speaking with our first coach of the day, Clay Helton out Georgia Southern. Clay, I was talking to your players earlier, and uh, one of the themes that we were talking about that last season, it wasn't that there were low expectations for Georgia Southern. It was just that we didn't know what to expect. You've got a coach coming in, totally different system, great reputation, but hey, he probably needs a couple of years to get some guys in, get his system rolling, get the right players. Turns out Georgia Southern was the most dangerous team in the Sun Belt last year. Goes to a bowl game, does great things. Now it's back for year two. What do you do different in year two? <laughs> well, we continue to build. We don't stay comfortable. You don't stay stagnant. Um, you know, I think our staff has done a tremendous job of adding personnel that creates depth at all positions that is really going to help us. Um, you know, going into that November last year, suffered some injuries, and all of a sudden, we, the difference between the ones and twos, um, there was a difference. And um, we were fortunate to do the things that we needed to do to get to postseason play. Um, I... 
There's a confidence that is built with our football team. Um, I thought that was the biggest area of growth. 21, we were a three-win football team, and coming into 22, I thought their growth was, to, to, I, after doing it 29 years, you know how what good players you have. Uh, it was building their confidence uh, and having the opportunity to go to Lincoln, Nebraska and get a, get a Power 5 win, a Top 25 win over JMU, uh, having a chance to beat your arch rival um, to go to a postseason play. It built their confidence. Now they have a mindset. Okay, we want to be a consistent, the consistent football team that is consistently competing for conference championships, and that's our ultimate goal. I mean, you know, when you're in Statesboro and you see six national championship flags on the stadium, um, you know what the expectations are. And so, um, I appreciate our players because they have not stayed comfortable or stagnant. They've continued to progress through the offseason. Yes. Yeah, speaking of those expectations, yeah, I've dealt with, dealt with. I've met a lot of Georgia Southern fans, and they are very hardcore. They're they're a fan base that expects big wins. So a few years of not getting those big wins, probably pretty cranky. You come in last year. How is the attitude among the fans different this preseason than last? Well, uh, that was probably uh, my favorite part of it was just to walk into Paulson and just feel the electricity. Uh, you know, it, it, there's maybe bigger stadiums in the country, but that, that, that stadium has as much passion as anywhere I've ever competed. And the fan base just loves Saturdays in Statesboro. I don't, you know, they call it the prettiest little stadium in the country. Uh, it's also the, one of the most passionate stadiums uh, in the country. And to be able to watch the fans roll out of that stadium and get on the field versus JMU and App State, it, it'll make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. Give you goosebumps. Um, so it was neat to see after doing it for 28 years at that time, um, you know, and having those memories and seeing how passionate our community is for our university um, makes you fight even harder, you know, to be honest with you, as a coach. So maybe. Now, I can't say it's the most important thing you did last season, but it's, this is a decision that you guys made that certainly paid big dividends. Bought in Ventries, mm-hmm. a guy from Buffalo, am I right about that? Yep. And uh, no one, we all knew he could pass. He, he put up good numbers in Buffalo. Didn't seem like the same kind of quarterback that Georgia Southern usually has. You know, Georgia Southern usually has a scrambler. Uh, this guy was a big passer. It, it just seemed like it seemed like a Clay Helton quarterback. It didn't seem like a Georgia Southern quarterback. How could that work? Lit the world on fire. Is Davis Brin the same kind of guy? Yeah, definitely. You know, we, I'm very thankful to have Brian Ellis, who's been with me at USC, uh, and, and um, to have him here. I think he's a great evaluator of quarterbacks. I, I've, I've coached the position, played the position, so you know how valuable. It's got to be the face of the program. you got to find somebody that's a great decision maker, has great accuracy, gets the ball out on top, doesn't say sacks, but the mark of every great quarterback is to lift their team up as far as they can carry it. That's what Kyle did. We saw it at Buffalo uh, and you know, um, expected it from him, and he did it. Um, now we brought in two young men, Davis Brin, obviously has the experience over J.C. French, and, and uh, but you bring in two really talented quarterbacks um, that can carry a football team. And, you know, to see what Davis did, especially his sophomore year when he wasn't injured, you could see the talent and you could see him lift his team up. Um, it, you know, probably the hidden gem for us um, and why we had the success we had and why Kyle had the success was really the hidden gem of our football team. 
game, and that was a running game with Jalen White. Um, he, he doesn't get enough credit, uh, to be honest with you. He's, I think, one of the more talented runners, uh, and not only in our conference, but the country. He gave us 1,100 yards in 10 games last year, uh, and he opens up everything. He was a quarterback's best friend is a really good running back, <laughs> and that offensive line and him did a tremendous job of really helping the balance of a good passing game. So last year was a good season. It was a great season. Well, didn't fell a little bit short of Georgia Southern expectations, which is championship every year. What was missing in last season, and what did you guys do to shore that up? Yeah, definitely. I, I think the biggest thing was probably the depth uh, uh, at each position. You know, we we. Um, came in in the first recruiting cycle I thought made some nice changes especially offensively uh, nine of those starters returned uh, we have four on defense so we really needed to bolster our defense uh, I, I believe we've done that in this recruiting cycle uh, we bring in Brandon Bailey uh, after losing Will Harris to the NFL um, to San Diego Chargers uh, Brandon Bailey who knows Statesboro an alumni of Georgia Southern uh, has done a tremendous job at Buffalo we got to see it firsthand in the bowl game um, and and our kids, we're a deeper football team than we were a year ago. Uh, we could, we did not withstand the injuries that we got in November. Uh, and uh, and just for sheer will and fight, the kids got us to postseason. We're a deeper football team. That This game's a very violent and fast game, and there are injuries that occur. Um, I don't see, you'll see that dramatic a drop-off uh, if we do suffer. Um, and so uh, I think our recruiting staff as well as our coaches have done a nice job of upgrading personnel across the board. So you talked about that big win over Nebraska. It's always good to get a Power 5 win. In a way, with Nebraska, the way it's been struggling, it was like, well, yeah, a good team is going to beat Nebraska and Georgia Southern's a good team. Now you get Wisconsin, which is a little bit different animal. Uh, do you guys prepare for Wisconsin in any different way, or are you just like, hey, this is just another opponent with a much bigger stadium? Well, I, I know it's cliche, Jeremy, but I, I really think in today's college football, as you know, the competitiveness across the board, um, it's when you're dealing with 18 to 21 year olds, there has to be a mental discipline that you have to keep them focused on being in the moment and keep them where their feet are. There. And, you know, it, being 1 0 each week and don't jump too far ahead. You know, we play Citadel on the first game, that's our, that's our focus. Um, and then UAB after that, then Wisconsin. And, you know, I, I, I do think from the conference standpoint, uh, as we continue to propel towards possibly a larger playoff system um, that the our non-conference uh, our non-conference opportunities are going to be really important um, you saw the strength of the conference last year four power five wins for Georgia Southern for Marshall for, for App State for Old Dominion um, that builds reputation it builds respect and so when you get these opportunities and you look at us over the next uh, two three years you, you don't got to you get to play uh, Wisconsin on the road and one of the more exciting you know venues there are in college football um, uh, we get to go play Ole Miss Clemson USC BYU um, as well as you look at our, uh, our other teams in conference and the opportunities they have, you know, we get those few opportunities to go be on a national stage and show who we are. And so each one of those opportunities is important. We took advantage of that last year, and, and hopefully we put our best foot forward this year. Well, forget about 
out of conference. Those guys don't even matter. What matters is the uh, Sun Belt in the East, right? Especially the East, which is uh, you know the way the the league is set up. You get to play everybody in there. Uh, is there a team? Everybody talks about Georgia State being a rival. I don't. <laughs> some people you know say yes. Some people say no. Who's the Who's that one team that you need to beat? Well, uh, you look at the East, and uh, I think you see the competitiveness from top to bottom. They, you know, um, uh, you talked about Georgia State, who had a fierce fight with them yeah. in Atlanta last year and came up on the short end. Um, and the quality football team under Sean, fortunate enough to get victories against JMU and against App State. Uh, uh, but you look at that across the board, any, t- any team on the East, I think, can win the conference. I really do. Um, it's going to be the consistency of play, and we've got a little bit tougher road. Uh, going to have to have some mental discipline, having having to have road games at Marshall, at App State, at JMU. Those are three of the toughest places to play in the country, <laughs> to be honest with you. So, you know, our mental discipline and mental toughness are going to, you know, have to be on the forefront uh, in those games. So, um, again, uh, I think the best thing you can do as a head coach is, is to keep your guys ingrained on where they are in the moment and focus on who you have that week and, and hopefully you add them up at the end and you go, and we wouldn't want to know a lot of times uh, each week. Uh, last question for you, Coach. Kind of a technical question, which isn't the most exciting way to end the interview, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, Commissioner Gill, mm-hmm. uh, he came up and talked a little bit about NIL mm-hmm. and, and sort of requested maybe some uh, congressional help in terms of bringing, uh, you know, I don't know, evening the playing field a little bit, bringing some consistency with it. Right now, NIL, is, it's just sort of a wild west. Everybody's doing a little something different. The rules keep changing. The tax situation keeps changing. What's your opinion on that? Well, I, I think one... Um I'm excited for our student athletes when it comes to name, image, and likeness. You got to remember, this game doesn't last for long. Um, only 0.5% of all college football players make it to the NFL, and the average NFL lifespan is 3.3 years. So, anytime you get to use your name, image, and likeness to help yourself individually, maybe help your family, I think that's a good thing. Um, not a politician, and not a commissioner. So, th- uh, th- there's going to be regulations that probably come with it as we. Can continue to learn this path um, but overall as a coach and somebody that's been doing it 29 years um, to be able to see um, students be able to benefit um, from their name image and likeness I think that's a really good thing um, uh, because the game is so short for each and every and so if they're able to benefit from what they do um, that's a good thing um, now that I would imagine that as we move forward there will be stipulations and that's for people a lot smarter than me <laughs> to, to figure out yeah, stick to X's and O's yes. let those eggheads Point, figure it out points and wins is what I'm in charge of coach I appreciate your time I know it's, you have a very busy day uh, it's going to get just busier coming from here. Thanks. You're always a great interview. Yeah. Thanks for dropping by the podcast. Thanks, Jeremy. Appreciate you. Before you go, can I get a quick yeah. picture? Yeah. This is proof of life. <laughs> now you've actually showed we're at the podcast. Thank you, awesome. sir. Thanks, Jeremy. And good luck. Thank you. Appreciate it.